Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, presented by Living Stream Ministry. These life studies explore every book in the Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Holy Spirit. These messages unveil how the scriptures can be living and more than mere doctrine to man. Today, we bring you recorded excerpts of Witness Lee's original speaking, along with some of our own comments and thoughts. If you have questions, please send email to radio at lsm.org. Now, let's join today's program. Then will a throne be established in loving kindness, and upon it one will sit in truth in the tent of David, judging and pursuing justice and hastening righteousness. Surely there was a king ruling from the throne in the tent of David in the Old Testament times, And interestingly, the tent of David with its kingly throne reappears in the coming kingdom age. But what does the tent of David have to do with us today? Stay with us for an enlightening answer on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry and featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. We're going to bring you short selected portions of Witness Lee's 1991 Life Study message from Isaiah. And here with us in the studio again to add his comments and fellowship is Ron Kangas. Ron, this is one of those programs that's full of Christ as we know and experience him. I think all of our listeners will enjoy this program. And I'm really happy you could be here with us for it, Ron. I'm happy to be here too, Chris. Ron, we've mentioned that these messages reflect Witness Lee's second pass through the book of Isaiah. And on this second pass, he was more interested in in presenting Christ as he's seen in Isaiah with a particular emphasis on our experiencing him in all these rich attributes, all of which to say that today's message is not going to be that doctrinal. Ron, without Isaiah, it seems we would miss a lot of the fine aspects of Christ, wouldn't we? This is simply the fact. There are particular matters concerning Christ presented in Isaiah, either through typology or through prophecies. And if we have the light from the Bible as a whole, we'll have the proper interpretation of the various types and symbols and realize that the Christ portrayed in them is the Christ dwelling in us for our experience and enjoyment today. Well, Ron, let's join Witness Lee now for this first portion of a very enjoyable life study. Today, we are not in the Old Testament, neither in the coming age. We are in the New Testament age. Then, what has the turn of David to do with us? Let me tell you this. Luke, the Gospel, was written by a Gentile evangelist, Rook. And it was written for the Gentiles. And it was written to the Gentiles. The writer, the receiver, were just all Gentiles. But when Christ was conceived in Mary, you know, the angel talked to 
Mary, referring her to David. The one whom you will bring forth will be a descendant of David, and he will inherit the throne of David. Then you would say, what that has to do with the New Testament saints? Well, the New Testament age, the age of grace, is a foretaste of the coming age. This is based upon Hebrew 6. In Hebrew 6, we are told we who are in the age of grace, in the New Testament age, are enjoying a foretaste of the coming age. So, actually, the age of grace is a miniature of the coming age. We are not in the coming age of the kingdom yet. That's true. But we are in its miniature. That is the age of grace. So, today, you and I have to realize Christ is our king. Not only our king. He reigns where? He reigns not only just in your heart. He reigns in the tent of David. Oh, this means quite a lot. Christ today reigns in you. Not only as the king, but as the king in the tent of David. In the Old Testament, when the tent of David was set up, there was a big comfort, consolation to all those Israelites. And there was also happiness and joy to them. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is here. Then, in the coming age, when Christ will reign in the tent of David, there was a greater consolation to Israel. There was a restoration, consolation and encouragement and restoration. And today, we are enjoying Christ, being the king, not only in our heart, just a little, but in the tent of David. Well, I'd like to share with you, have anyone among you experienced this? That the King Christ today reigns in you in the tent of David. That means with the kingdom. Christ reigns in you with the kingdom. He's not just a small king, a small man Jesus reigning here. But he is the king that reigns in the tent of David. Ron, in the Old Testament, whenever the tent of David was established and the king was properly on the throne, there was comfort and consolation in the land of Israel among God's people. We as Christians talk a lot about Christ occupying the throne in our heart. But what about the throne in the tent of David? What is the application of this for us today? The application is very much related to the kingdom of God in its reality and practicality. The tent of David, the one reigning in the tent of David, surely that refers to a king reigning in the sphere measured out to him. 
There was such a king and some righteous kings, in addition to David, who were accurately portrayed by this utterance in Isaiah. Its prophetic significance points to the coming millennial kingdom when Christ, the real David, will be reigning in the kingdom. But our emphasis here, as your opening word made very clear, is on the present Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's one thing to say sincerely or perhaps kind of, oh, sentimentally, Christ is in my heart, he's ruling in my heart. But let's consider the significance of this. The Christ who's living in us is both the king and the kingdom in its reality. Luke 17 reveals that the kingdom is Christ, the one who was in their midst. So many sincere ministers of the word, so many genuine believers are unfortunately one-sided in their view of Christ. They appreciate him as their redeemer, as their savior, the one who died for them, the one through whom they are saved by grace, through faith. This is the side of the grace of God in his salvation. But the main emphasis of the gospel in the New Testament is the kingdom. Jesus preached the gospel of the kingdom. The apostles announced the gospel of the kingdom. We are regenerated to enter not into heaven, but into the kingdom of God. The practical, genuine church life is the kingdom in practicality. So we need to know Christ as the one reigning with all authority in heaven and on earth. The Christ who's making his home in our heart, if we want to say he's ruling in our heart, this means our heart is part of his kingdom. He's here not only to save us, he's here to reign over us so that we, in obedience to him and in oneness with him, will join him to live out and carry out God's eternal purpose to build up the church as the body of Christ, the new man and the bride. We're going to continue to consider this throne in the tent of David in this coming section, Ron. But specifically, we want to look closely now at the one occupying that throne as we rejoin Witness Lee. Turn to Isaiah 16 and 5. Then will a throne be established. In what way? In loving kindness. Loving kindness, it means something quite tender. Christ will reign in the throne, which will be established in loving kindness. 
everybody dares to come because loving kindness there. Then you read on. One will sit in truth, O Lord Jesus. You will sit on the throne established in loving kindness in truth. Truth here means truthfulness and faithfulness. He is not only loving, he is not only kind, but he is faithful and truthful. He is worthy. A throne will be established in loving kindness, and on it one will sit in truthfulness and faithfulness. And not only so, in the tent of David, not just in my heart, not just in my home, but in the tent of David. When he's here, David is here. He's ruling here as a king. He's judging. Judging means what? Means to adjust, to make peace, to make the thing balanced, adjusted, corrected. This to judge, and he must be the unique judge in the whole universe. The judge much better than all the American judges. Judging and pursuing justice, not only truthfulness, not only faithfulness, but justice. Today. Christ reigns in us in the tent of David bringing the kingdom with what? With loving kindness with justice with truthfulness faithfulness and righteousness then how about you? if you are under his ruling under his reigning you have to be loving kind and you have to be the same truthful and faithful and also just, and also righteous. I alluded to this before, Ron. I think it's easy for most Christians to talk about Christ being on the throne in our heart. But there are certain characteristics that we've just seen of the one ruling on the throne in the tent of David that are worthy of notice. Loving kindness, truthfulness, faithfulness, justness, and righteousness. Ron, could you pick up the thought here that if we really are under his ruling, we will begin to take on these characteristics as well. Yes, we will. And we will experience them and express them in two ways. Here I want to point out how so many have misused Brother Watchman Nee's book, Authority and Submission. It speaks much about authority, a deputy authority, and so many read the first half of the book and proclaim, I'm the authority around here, as if they're the boss, the CEO. But this is contrary to the Lord's own word. The Gentiles, they lord it over. It shall not be so among you. Christ himself as the king is reigning in loving kindness. How precious! In faithfulness, in truthfulness, in justice, in righteousness. He's honest, he's genuine, he's fair, he's impartial. No bias, no prejudice. This is how he rules over us, And he works these attributes and virtues into us 
so that we in our living may express loving kindness, truthfulness, faithfulness, justice, righteousness. And then if it is our function to represent the Lord's with his authority, we don't have it ourselves, but we represent him who has it all, then we should be toward others the same way he always is toward us, reigning in loving kindness, tenderness, love, mercy, grace, truthfulness, faithfulness, justice, righteousness. This is the way he should always be represented by those who serve the Lord. Well, this really goes to the heart of a term that we use a lot on this broadcast and in this ministry, and that is God's economy, because we really are genuinely under a ruling, and there's a particular activity going on in a hidden but but very real way, and that is the imparting or the dispensing of God's own life into our being, and with his life come his attributes, such as the four we're seeing today, don't they? In the book of signs, Revelation, we know from chapter 5, verse 6, that the lion lamb, the ascended Christ, the enthroned Jesus, is the center of God's governmental administration. But in Revelation 22, we read of the throne of God and of the lamb, And out of that throne flows the river of water of life bright as crystal with the tree of life growing in the river. This portrays our experience of the reigning, redeeming God. We have been fully reconciled to him. That will be the case. We're one with him. We're fully open to him. We are in his direct presence, under his direct rule. And what happens? Yes, he's reigning. God and the Lamb. And what is flowing out? The river of water of life, with the tree of life, supplying us with the divine life, and all of the communicable attributes and virtues contained in that life dispensing them into us, saturating us with them, and causing them to be our constitution and eternal corporate expression to the glory of God. Well, Ron, let's rejoin Witness Lee. He's going to touch now some verses in Isaiah that are not necessarily in sequence, but when put together, they help make these aspects of Christ stand out and really become quite clear. Chapter 17, verse 10 says, For you have forgotten the God of your salvation, and the rock of your stronghold you have not remembered. And now chapter 30, verses 20 and 21. And though the Lord has given you the bread of adversity and the water of oppression, your teacher will no longer hide himself in the corner, but your eyes will see your teacher, and your ears will hear a word behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. Here again is Witness Lee. 
Every human being has nothing to trust in. But we do. We have a Lord as the eternal rod. Have you ever got to know in the Bible there is such a term? God of salvation. Amen. This rock is our God of salvation. Amen. And this rock is good. It's very good. It's sufficient for us to trust in. Amen. Hallelujah. Today I do have a rock Amen. that I can trust in. Amen. Okay. To the last item. The teacher. How good it is to have a teacher. In the Old Testament, he hid himself in mystery. But today, in the grace age, he is manifest. We all can see him. He's no more in the corner, but behind you, coming from your back, telling you, now turn to the right, you turn to the right, or turn to the left, you turn to the left. You have such a teacher. Today, we are in the grace age. And this is a kind of foretaste. We have now enjoyed Christ reigning as a king. Not in small scale, but in the tent of David. And he is sitting in loving kindness, in justice, and he is also judging. Who is he? The one Reigning in the tent of David. Who is he? Jehovah of hosts. Who is he reigns? The moon shall be a best. And the sun shall be a shame. Most bright thing will feel a shame. What a wonder. But such a thing today is transparent in me. Christ is making. Reigning this way. And this one is my eternal rock. And he's also what? Teacher. Every day is teaching me. Yes, I had a lot of crossroads. But always he's telling me whether to turn to right or turn to left. Could you have such a chapter like this in the New Testament? So you have to change your idea. Well, Ron, it's no wonder that Isaiah, as we've mentioned, is often described as the fifth gospel. What a picture of Christ. I don't think anywhere in the New Testament there's such a description of this one. How about our experience of him in these additional aspects, Ron? The eternal rock and the teacher. He is just too wonderful, isn't he? There's one of his names also in Isaiah. Wonderful. And when he appeared to someone in Judges, who asked him his name, he said, Why do you ask my name? Since it is wonderful. We should have this sense of how wonderful Christ is in his all-inclusiveness. Paul, a pattern to all of us, according to 1 Timothy 1.16, speaks of the unsearchable riches of Christ. We should have the sense that we can never exhaust, we can never fully explore and search out. For eternity, we'll be experiencing and enjoying the riches of the all-inclusive Christ, 
again and again we will say, this is wonderful, this is fresh, this is new, we've never experienced this before, this will be our eternal portion. Praise the Lord for his loving kindness, mercy, grace, love, faithfulness, truthfulness, justice, and righteousness, that through the redemption of Christ, we are now in the center of the divine economy, living according to God's arrangement to receive the divine dispensing, that Christ may be constituted into us and that we may become his corporate expression known as the body of Christ, the one new man, the bride. Ron, I really love this message today. I think particularly in light of the events of the world situation, um, economically, politically, even militarily, there are so many things going on. And if we don't have this eternal rock as the one we can rest in, take refuge in, and rely on, then human life becomes very fragile, doesn't it? We have to recognize, however strong we might think we are, we're all frail, insecure human beings, especially in chaotic times, lawless times, such as we're experiencing now. Where can we find stability? Where can we find security? Again and again, the Old Testament speaks of God as our rock. Our rock is God in Christ, unshakable, unbreakable, unmovable. He is our security. He is our steadfastness. When we have him, we have in the midst of any turmoil and any trial, security, safety, peace, and rest. What a God we have. What a Christ is for our experience and enjoyment. Thank the Lord for the book of Isaiah and thank him for the proper, pure, genuine opening of this portion of the Bible according to God's eternal purpose and his divine economy. Thanks, Ron. I really appreciate your time today and hope you join us again very soon. I'd like to thank you also for joining us today. And if you've enjoyed this program as much as we have, uh, we invite you to call us with questions or comments. And our toll-free number is 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. We hope you'll be with us next time. For Ron Kangas, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Whether you're hearing this program via radio, online, or as a podcast, you'll find hundreds of audio studies just like this one by visiting our website, lsmradio.com. We also hope you'll email us with your questions or comments, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. 
That's 888-543-3788. Thanks for listening.